Hey, castmates, it's BB, and welcome back to the Hard Conversations. I'm here with Guru and Morgan, and we have another good episode for you guys. I think we're on episode seven, and we have a lot to talk about, a lot of updates that we want to provide for you. Um, we want to talk about the Democratic of Com Congo, what's going on over there, uh, Fannie Willis's testimony. We got to talk about Monique and her son get into an argument. Uh, and we got a lot of Black history facts that we want to bring your way today. Um, and then tomorrow's main topic is going to be really good as well. We're trying to really get, you know, better with our main topics, I see, right? You know, Guru and Morgan have been coming up with some great, great main topics. So I'm excited about it. But uh, what's up with you guys? How are you guys doing this week? Good. Uh, finally got all my paperwork I need to file. Uh these taxes so hopefully i get this done sooner than later but i'm a huge procrastinator so we'll see probably still be here in the same shit come come with procrastinators <laughs> unite tomorrow <laughs> i filed my taxes i'm still waiting for the money to come through so i can actually book some of these trips um but as you guys know, it, or maybe for those that aren't in the Northeast, it, it snowed twice on us. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been shoveling, unfortunately, um, and then going back in the house and deciding that was enough outside for today. Yeah, I think this was a slap in the face. Winter was like, oh, y'all was sleeping on me. Yeah. Yeah, we got comfortable. Mm -hmm. Let me show you who I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's like a, it was a good week. Um, you know, can't really complain. I told you guys that I'm doing some extra work at work. So, you know, that was very interesting. Last night I was out in the cold at MetLife Stadium um, at the uh, hockey game. And, you know, it was uh, it was pretty cool. You know, like I said, you know, I get paid a little bit of extra money to do it. So it wasn't like I was like doing a lot of strenuous work. So anytime I can get paid some extra money to not do that much, you know, I'm here for it. Um, so. Yeah, so I, you know, I'm supposed to do it today. I was kind of giving it a shot, like seeing how it would go last night, and it's really good. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm gonna go back today. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. Yeah. But uh, this was a. Uh, how was everybody's Valentine's? Did anybody have Valentine celebrations or anything? I don't celebrate it myself, but what about you guys? Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not a big. Uh celebration of valentine's day but you know what i'm saying i don't i don't need a day to show you that i love you but uh all right you know what i'm saying i feel like that's a it's, it's seen as an excuse but you know what i'm saying but no nah, i didn't do anything I, I streamed mostly well considering that i'm single as a dollar bill um <laughs> i me and my friends are having um valentine's day uh, is it this weekend? This weekend. This upcoming weekend. But other than that, no. I didn't do anything. They just rise, they raised the price of restaurant food. So what does Galentine say? Is it like girls going out with each other? Yeah, so we're all just going to go to her house and like we're going to wear our, our pink and red theme and we're like making cocktails and drinking and doing fun stuff with just us. I know that's right. Is it basically like Friendsgiving for Valentine's Day? Pretty much, yes. 
good good comparison that's what it sounds like yes I'm, I'm i'm loving that so i was supposed to have a seafood boil next week it is not happening when i tell you like oh, more no. than yeah more than half of the people dropped out so i'm in restaurant depot yesterday i'm looking at all these crabs i'm looking at all these shrimp and i called the people like yo what are we doing and they were like you know let's you know let's just do something else and i was like okay you would have thought I would have turned around and just left the store. <laughs> I bought two boxes of the crabs. Oh, no. I wouldn't. I... <laughs> Don't talk about me, Damon. Don't talk about right. me. Someone's going to be like, listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving here with some. You, hello, you know. <laughs> so I was like, well, we're going to get this shit. Ma, you want some crabs? She was like, yeah, I want some crabs. Was so. anything on sale? It's always a sale. So the okay. ten pound box was a hundred and what a hundred and so the bigger the bigger crabs were, um, it's like they ten up. I don't know what that what it is, but that was about a hundred and seven dollars. The smaller crabs, which is not that bad, was about ninety six dollars for the ten. Okay, a ten pound box of the king crabs two hundred and thirteen to three hundred and thirty dollars. It's like pretty crazy. Um, lobster tails. Find out about king crab. Listen, and they had box on box mm. on box, and I went to the white one, y'all. I didn't go to the Union uh, or the Route Twenty Two Restaurant Depot. I went to Pine Brook, and there's plenty of seafood in Pine Brook. <laughs> okay. I was in heaven. You should have seen. I was in the aisle for at least twenty five minutes. Oh man! I now I want some crab. Girl, come on over. I got boxes of it in my, in my <laughs> place. You hear me? I'm disappointed <laughs> that you didn't have your seafood boil. Like, yes. And then I told him, like, listen, I'm, I'm, I got the crab. So my other friend was like, well, listen, we can call the other friends over. Yeah. And still do a boil or something. I said, I don't care what y'all do. I, I got the crabs. Yeah. I, I don't really give a shit. I got crabs. I will be having crabs. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can participate or not? Right. You know. But yes, fun weekend, fun weekend. Um, let's get started. We have a lot to talk about. I wanted to give an update on the Democratic of Congo. Uh, we have not talked about it in a long time, but we did, just to give you an update, mention that there is a war going on in the Democratic of Congo right now. Uh, the people of the Congo are fighting uh, for the rights to their own uh uh, home, you know, their own land and their own uh, uh, to, to be able to reap the benefits off of the, what they produce. Now, we talked about how coal, coltane, uh, that is the main mineral used uh, in creating our smartphones, our laptops, our electronics, right? Um, protesters are attacking businesses and Western embassies over in the Sudan right now because everyone is ignoring what is going on. They are being killed like animals, just like what's going on in Palestine. Now, there are government forces and uh, the region's militant group, which is called M23, they're fighting against each other to try to maintain that control, right? It is said that whoever controls uh, the land stands to make a lot of money, right? And now violence has increased significantly. People have been forced to leave their homes, um, especially in North Kivu, and they have been forced to go to Goma. But in 23, which is the problem, which it sounds like when I'm doing my investigations here, um, is moving in on Goma as well. 
Um, there are speculations that Rwanda has even backed M23 to be able to get to the access of the minerals. Um, so it's a lot going on. Um, obviously, I stand with the people of Congo. Um, I can't believe that it's still happening. I, I'm, I'm reading The Color Purple again right now. And in Nettie's letters, it talks about how... Mm. Yeah, right. It talks about how when they went to Africa, um, they were there, they were just thriving. They were, you know, it was such a beautiful land. They got to see the kings and queens that the African people were. And then these European settlers just started coming through with like uh, guns and bulldozers and just yeah. started running through the land. And, and this is exactly what's happening in the Democrat in the Democratic of Congo. So it's just I'm seeing it happen again, like. You know what I'm saying? And that that book was written by Alice Walker in the 1980s. So it's just crazy how history constantly repeats itself. But what do you guys think about this? Um, I think that this needs more press. Yes. Um, whenever I see an article about this, I see people from Africa saying like, wow, finally it's getting some attention because it's been going on for so long and nobody knows about it. Um, and everyone talking about how the West are the biggest supporters of pretty much the, the rapture of African resources. Um, and the thing is, too, like, it doesn't really seem like there's any way to boycott these products other than just not using modern technology, because it seems like this is used in, like, everything. Right. Um, and I guess the best way that we can support at this point is to bring attention to it. It's really devastating because it also seems like the people that they use to mine, is it Coltrane? Coltrane, um, yeah. they have them living in like these shanty towns. And there's yes. just like, a, they've, they've, they've been knocked out of their own natural homes because of the war going on. And they're paying them pennies. It, and honestly, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm not confident these people are being paid at all. It, it seems like modern day slavery. Um, that they're all displaced and it's it's a tr it's really a tragedy just watching another African continent um, that should be getting rich off of its own resources making somebody else rich while continuing to oppress African people yeah it's a big well it's honestly yeah so we need to bring attention to it but we need also need to bring action to it as well to some degree because I feel like attention is not going to do enough fast enough. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's basically just history repeating itself. Why we, it makes no sense, honestly. Like, it is literally like, it's kind of like, it's like Hotel Rwanda all over again. It's just like, mm -hmm. like make it make sense, people. Like, God damn. You guys, you guys, people hate black people so much, but you yeah. use everything. Like, it makes no sense. You can't live without us. Nope. You can't. We are, we are the, the we are the most hated resource there is. Yeah. And it's crazy. I don't understand it either because you try so hard to be what we are. You take, you take all of our, our all of our culture and try to turn it into your own. But yet you don't you just you you try to you you tan to look like us, but you still yeah. don't like the color of our skin. I need I, I I'm with Guru on this. Somebody has to sit me down and make this make sense to me. I it, need it I need a stern racist 
to really just be honest with me and just tell me why you're racist. Because, you know, y'all not truthful when it comes to it. When we get in front of us, we're like, I'm not racist. I'm, I have a black friend. And just so you guys know, when you say I have that black yeah. friend, that token black friend, that is the key to now determining that you're racist. Now we know for sure. Yes. So if you could just sit me down and let me know what's really going through your head. What's, what is it about me and my existence that you hate so much? You know, I'd love to find in, in our network somewhere, someone that can come on the show that's that's well-versed in the politics of various African countries because I, I have been, I've been following a couple of pages on Instagram and it seems like whenever Africa or an African country gets to the point where they start to elect a democratic leader that decides we're going to cut off European power and we're going to live on our own resources, they end up dead. Um, and obviously there's a lot of corruption in the local governments that, that helps that because Europeans can't get in unless, you know, somebody cooperates, but I'd, I'd really like to have a discussion about like, how do they keep ending up in this cycle? And like, what can we do to help? Because it's time to end this. Yeah. It's, it's like this silent war. That's just, if there's always an African country that's like, just can't get a freaking break. Yeah. That the well, people I, are just being robbed. African people. Because everything that's, you know, a lot of what's happening overseas, guys, is happening right here. They are trying to take us back to that, you know, that white nationalist, you know, the idea of what they feel is making America great again slowly but surely every day. Every mm-hmm. day. They are ignoring us. They are trying to wipe us from the history books again, <laughs> like mm-hmm. even more powerfully now. Um, they are trying to take your voting rights away in almost every state, especially if it's in the South or the West. I mean, people really got to wake up um, and people got to stop thinking, oh, well, good thing I'm over here in America. Can't happen to me. It, it, it's, happening oh, it's happening to you right now. We, we uh, like you said, we we need to we need somebody to be honest about what's going on. Just call a thing a thing. Be racist and proud. You don't have to stand behind anything. And just tell us what it is, because it's 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 this systemic, this systemic program of the takeover of resources that do not belong to the people that come in and take them, and the colonialism that is still happening that we just don't call colonialism anymore. Yeah. But this is exactly what's been happening to Africa for at this point, the last 400 years. Yes. And it's happening to us too. It's just a little bit more subtle over here. Yes. And they would like to rewrite it, but nope, we have to make sure we tell the story the way it is. Oh, speaking of corrupt government, um, the Senate... Yes. <laughs> yeah, back back over here to the United States. <laughs> Definitely getting tapped. Um, the, the Senate, <laughs> last week, <laughs> the Senate passed an emergency spending package uh, to provide military aid to Ukraine and Israel. Uh, this is a $95.3 billion bill. Um, Did you say to Israel? 
yeah yeah because yeah. israel needs money and aid um it's not like they're winning um so the Senate has approved the emergency spending package and it is now going to be up to the Republican-led House to take it up, change it, or let it die. Um, the package includes spending related to Ukraine. So about $60 billion of the bill will go to supporting Ukraine as it defends itself from the Russian invasion, which was now about started about two years ago. $14 billion to allow Ukraine to rearm itself through the purchase of weapons and munitions and other and another 15 billion to support services such as military training and intelligence sharing. Eight million would go to help Ukraine's government to continue basic operations. Um, and there's 1.6 billion to help Ukraine's private sector. Um, about a third of the money allocated to supporting Ukraine actually will be spent replenishing the US military with the can weapons just, and equipment. Can you just go back to that? Mm. You just said how much $1.6 billion yes. to support their private, private businesses sector. and yes. industries and, and keep their billionaires billionaires. But we have people who are homeless oh, on our that. street. Oh, yeah. oh I, that was, I couldn't, I couldn't help mm -hmm. but catch that part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, remember everything we're talking about is billions, not millions. Mm -hmm. um, and about a third of the money allocated to supporting Ukraine actually will be spent replenishing the U.S. military with weapons. Um, and then for Israel, oh, yeah, also $480 million to help Ukrainians displaced by the war. Because uh, there's always got to be a nice refugee package when your skin's pale. Um, and then to Israel, there's $14.1 billion would go to support Israel and U.S. military operations in the region. $4 billion would go to boost Israel's air defenses. $1.2 billion for the Iron Beam, a laser weapon designed to intercept and destroy missiles. And $2.5 billion to support U.S. military operations in the region. Um, oh, and $9.2 billion in humanitarian assistance to provide food, water, shelter, and medical care to civilians in Gaza and the West Bank. Um, Ukraine and others caught in war zones around the world. So they're giving the they're giving the aid that's necessary for Gaza to the people who won't let aid into Gaza. Yeah. Got it. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with there's but wait, there's more. Um, <laughs> eight, eight more than eight point billion in the bill will go to support key partners in the Indo-Pacific and deter aggression by the Chinese government. The bill includes 1.9 billion to replenish US weapons provided to Taiwan and 3.3 billion to build more US made submarines in support of a security partnership with Australia and the United Kingdom and about 400 million for a grant program that helps nonprofits and places of worship make security enhancements and protect them from hate crimes. There's also language that would target sanctions on criminal criminal organizations involved with the production of fentanyl. We can't get reparations on this. Like it's crazy. No, no. And the other thing is too, like it still hasn't really made its way to production, um, because the Senate passed it, but now we got to get the Republicans to push it through. Meanwhile. They are constantly attacking civilians, kids, parents, mothers on the street, just walking, trying to get some water 
or trying to, you know, just get from one point A to point B and what's supposed to be safe zones, they're being picked off by Israeli snipers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happening every day. And nurse... we're not hearing much about the war anymore. Because they've wiped them out. There was a nurse shot at Nazir Nazir Hospital, you know, just working. They, you know, I can't help you know think about this six-year-old girl. Her name is uh, Hind Rajab, and um, she was she was with civilians. She's of course she's six years old. She was with her family, and they were trying to protect her so much that um, when they were going through what was supposed to be a safe zone, they got attacked by. Israeli soldiers um, they hid her in the trunk and the family was pretty much slaughtered so as she was in the trunk with I guess she had a phone she was listening to her family be slaughtered outside the trunk she called she was trying to seek uh, get help or assistance and um, they were trying to tell her they, I mean I felt so horrible because they could not get to her and they were letting her know we, we just can't get to you right now and um, she ended up being killed in that car mm. and I think they ended up blowing the car up and I'm uh. talking about the Israeli soldiers and this is the people we just gave all this money to billions of dollars to meanwhile we're sitting here saying oh we don't support them going into Rafa or doing any military attacks on Rafa we don't support them uh, you know taking over land that doesn't belong to them all of this what we don't support yet we're giving them billions of dollars to do what they need to do. And this guy, Hitler Jr., is <laughs> on TV constantly telling us he is not going to back down. Yep. Oh, he is who he is in public. He's not the racist that's telling you he's not racist. He's racist he in the front. Absolutely. <laughs> but yet we're we're out here like this is take it take it easy on the genocide word. Meanwhile, aren't we also not supposed to be involved in the Ukraine versus Russian war? Who said that? Remember, officially, we're not involved. Who said that? Uh, the government did. The president did. Mm-hmm. Didn't they say yeah, the officially? White House administration, the White House administration said they were backing down. But we're about to send over money to help boost their private sector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got we to gotta leave a lasting impact. <sighs> Meanwhile, <laughs> if I try to hand money out to a homeless guy right there, right here down on, on, on Main Street or Martin Luther King Boulevard or Springfield Avenue and a cop sees me, I'll get fined. Yeah. You can get fined for giving homeless people money? You yes. never knew that? It's illegal in New Jersey. Are you serious? I, I I kid you not. I learn something new every day. I can't collect <laughs> rainwater. I can't give out my own money. <laughs> yep. Wow. Wow. Okay. I mean, of course we do it, but it is you can be fine. I have no words. Mm-hmm. Miracle. <laughs> Well, I want to talk about Miss Fannie Willis. You guys know her as the district attorney in New York, who is currently um, going after Donald Trump for 
I mean, tons of just crimes that he is, you know, has committed over the years. Um, but she is not playing with y'all. She did not come to play. She came to slay when she took the witness stand on Thursday. Um, she testified in a hearing aimed to disqualify her from prosecuting Donald Trump in the 2020 election interference. Um, she is being accused of having a conflict of interest in the case, as it was revealed that she had a romantic relationship with Nathan Wade, um, the prosecutor she chose to lead the Trump investigation. Through Now, though initially hesitant, Willis agreed to take the stand and she was drilled with questions about her relationship about Wade. They asked her about money that she spent, uh, details about her sexual encounters, and more. They first asked her, um, how did you... This is what I thought was interesting. They first asked her, how did you know to come into the courtroom right now? Right now, I do have... I have that video. I wanted to play that. Give me one second. F-A-N-I. Last name is Willis. Miss um, Willis, when? How did you know to come into the courtroom right now? Because there were people I was pacing in my office. Okay. And um, I heard someone yell, "His testimony is done." Um, it only made sense to me that I would be your next witness, and I've been very anxious to have this conversation with you today. Okay. So I ran to the courtroom. So as soon as um, you heard that Mr. Wade was done testifying, that's when you just assumed you would be the next witness. It only makes sense. Um, did you listen to any of the testimony? I've been in my office pacing, ma'am. Okay. Um, did you listen to any of the arguments? I did hear the, the arguments this morning. It's ridiculous to me that the, you lied on Monday, and yet here we still are. And I did listen to that argument. Um, um, all right, so that was it, just the argument, no testimony. Right, I listened to the argument this morning where Adam Abadi, I thought, did an excellent job pointing out how dishonest you were with the court on Monday. And um, I'm actually surprised that the hearing continued. But since it did, here I am. So I think it was interesting. I mean, say what you want to say. <clears throat> they were clearly trying to, even in that moment, present her in a certain light. They were clearly trying to uh, insinuate that she has some type of insight going on. I mean, when, when I tell you they're trying to take this woman char character down, it's crazy. I don't think that it's a valid question to ask why she knows she's the next witness or why she walked into yeah. a courtroom. That was it, weird. It's a weird-ass question. That white woman was trying so hard to be smart, she was dumb. And it sucks that we always have to be three times as good because we're already born twice as good but three times as good and then be, be considered half as good at the end of everything and i think that that is what fanny was trying to say bitch stop trying to play me you're the one who is dishonest you're the one who has brought this case against me because you're trying so hard to make sure that donald trump doesn't get prosecuted and you know i'm on that ass I think that's what's happening here. But uh, what what do you guys think about that? I don't. I'm, I'm go ahead. I'm, I'm I'm happy. Well, so I I'm happy how she stood her ground. Uh, she brought out the facts. If you if if anybody go checks out the uh, uh the court video, you'll see she has all her documents right in front of her. All the arguments, like all right. 
you lied about this, 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 and this. She's like, if you're gonna ask me a question, like, like be professional about it. Like there, there was at one point they were asking her, uh, uh, has he ever been, has he ever been to your to your house? And they're like, she's like, Well, when? when? Like, obviously, like he's been to a place, like you gotta be more specific. Like they're asking like super vague questions. They just just trying to just destroy her character uh and it's just sad they're doing it in a distasteful way uh but they're not even doing a good job of it it's just like all right you're just like bullshit and buying time basically just trying to discredit her um which honestly we don't know how it would play out uh the, the judge will either say hey uh yeah she can't be on the case or she can be on the case and that's going to be the end of it well, but. here's the thing. They, they're trying to find something that they did that was illegal, and there's nothing that they did that was illegal. Right. That's I the mean, part that I'm confused about. I'm like, what are they really... Okay, fine. She had a relationship with the prosecutor that she put on the case. What does that have to do with the case? Why is that a conflict of interest in them being able to do their job? Right. What does it have to do with the criminal at hand? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like either of them had a relationship with the person they're prosecuting. So I'm trying to figure out why they're going, like, like you said, is this is really about her character, but I'm trying to figure out what they put on paper to say it was a conflict of interest. Do you know how many lawyers and judges are married and have to stand in front of the courtroom at the same time and deal with each other and be on yeah. the same cases? Like it's, it's, a, it's a common thing. So because people have slept together, they can't do their jobs. Yeah, that's and the part I, that's throwing me off. Yeah, and I'm really wondering if these people were white. If she was white, specifically, fuck it, if, if he was white. He could have been black. But if she was white, would this be the same situation? Or, it, matter of fact, if she wasn't going after Donald Trump, would this be the same situation? There it goes. They're, they were going to go after anybody that went after Donald Trump. Right. Because hasn't Fanny been coming for his neck for a minute? Oh hell yeah, she's been on him ever yeah. since ever since uh she had a, a real case against him, which was that uh that insurrection. Yeah, and she's been effectively Absolutely. coming for his neck. Absolutely. So they, they had to try and find something They're like, oh look at she got a sex life. Let's look into that. And I yeah, wanted to so I do want to say, right? Mm -hmm. She you know what I'm saying? She did she did she did fumble. She fumbled the bag, is going it is gonna regardless of the outcome, it's going to have some type of impact on the case. Tell me know? what the fumble was. Uh, well, just like a, a professional fumble, right? It, it's like, it, you go back to what Morgan just said, like, if you know you're going after Trump, you you gotta be on your shit. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna try to expose any, any little thing. And you shouldn't be sleeping with people that you're working with. That's, 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 that's just unprofessional. It's very common. I mean, it's not unprofessional. I'm, I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's not common or uncommon. I'm just, it's still unprofessional, right? Uh, I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Because again, I, I as I just mentioned, there are people who work together that literally are married or their boyfriend and girlfriend. And it's not a conflict of interest. And it's nothing that the job can do. So what is unprofessional about it? Well, because it, it can affect your work, which... It, which it would uh anybody does, comes, the, does the prosecutor they, they're work not for coming the DA? into here as a as a couple right that's, that's, coming, the, that's, in a that's the question right now, 
but yeah. it doesn't but it doesn't matter see he's just that's this is personal stuff this has nothing to do with work why are we putting people's personal life into their ability to effectively do their job that's not cool and that's a good question that morgan just asked does that prosecutor work in that DA's office? Does he work for Fannie Willis? He does not. She hired somebody who was an outside source to handle this case. Now, if it was somebody that she worked, he worked, she worked, uh, he worked for her, that's a different now, now it, it, it makes sense. I get that. Because that's just a conflict all the way around. And it's even true that you can't have your wife working under you, your mother working under you, your daughter working under you when you're, it's a conflict. You have to have somebody else be their leader. And it's not, I mean, it's just, to me, it's not fair to bring her personal life, his personal life into it. Yeah, I get, I get the point of, you know, wanting to be squeaky clean for, for the fact that they're going to come after you when you go after Trump. And I, I get that. And I, I I get the I get Guru's point of basically like you got to be on your P's and Q's if you're gonna go after them. But I do also believe that I th I don't think they could find a real reason, so they just had to go after her. They're trying to go after her character right now, and from what I understand, she hasn't done anything to compromise her character. She was sleeping with somebody at work. Like welcome to fifty percent of workplaces. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> <Like> <laughs> And it happens when it's not supposed to happen more often than not. Yeah. Like you when the when the when the uh boss's door is closed, it's not always for a meeting. Okay. Laverne Spicer, this Republican dumbass, you know, black Republicans. I'm sorry, black Republicans. I I try to some of you make valid points. Like when you're a black Republican who is a black Republican because you really are for the simple advancement of uh self. Like you it's not that I'm against the advancement of black people, but I'm just for the advancement of myself and my own monies and stuff like that. I don't agree with you, but I respect your opinion. I can't I can't hate your political opinion view. But when you are a black Republican, because I don't I mean, I, I don't even know what to call it, but because you feel like um, you know, the Republican because Party you hate yourself. I guess that's what it is. I don't know. But the, but to but to think that the Republican Party and to think that a Donald Trump has your interests. And and you're a Republican who is like, oh no, I'm voting for him because he's for the blacks. He's is he, something wrong with you. Like you, you gotta have blinders on. You you you're not paying attention. That's a different story, right? Now, Laverne Spicer, you're definitely one of those people. You actually spoke on this, and you said that this bitch, Fannie Willis, this is what you called her, is setting black women back about a hundred years, getting up there looking a hot mess. Talking what? all ghetto fabulous is what you said. Sounding like she at a beauty parlor among friends, but she in a court. No. Was that a quote? That was a quote. That a was a quote. quote. And she's calling somebody else sounding ghetto? At, I, I was just going to say, Laverne, you're the one who's actually setting black women back. 
actually black people in general um it, the fact that we have people like her that would rather be raped and tear down her fellow black woman uh when their name is being tarnished on for no reason they're the example she's the example of what it looks like when like you know the house niggas speak up like the house niggas no. speaks up you know what i'm saying oh. they, they come out the house and say what they got to say and then the the masses like yeah there you go you say oh, it oh no <laughs> yeah no that's that's literally the example right uh there was there was if you if you look at the videos there was nothing ghetto about her speech uh she was actually very fabulous you're right but nothing ghetto um she used clear precise wording she assisted in keeping the lying that the lawyer was doing she was assisting in keeping that to a minimum trying to keep her honest um and it was just not something that was ghetto. It was actually more ghetto for you uh, to say what you said than it was for her to get up there and stand up for what was right. Laverne, you are selling out to Republicans. She's actually running for Congress, again, under the uh, Republican Party. And we already see what you're going to be. We already see what you're about to uh, to put up, uh, to, to bring forth, right? We're not happy. We're not looking forward to it, just so you know. Sometimes you could just mind your business. Exactly. Exactly. It would have been so helpful. Well, listen. To keep talking about uh Big T, right? Stop calling him that. <laughs> <laughs> Former President Donald Trump and the Trump Organization must pay $354 million in fines, uh, a total that jumps to $453.5 million when the prejudgment pre interest is factored in. Uh, a judge ruled on Friday in their New York civil fraud case. The long-awaited ruling also bars them from seeking loans from financial institutions in New York, for a period of three years and includes a three-year ban on Trump serving as an officer or director of any kind of any any New York corporation. Uh, this was a this was a big ruling. Um, this is so basically uh, this is the judge basically saying, all right, for many years you've lied about uh, all your businesses, you've lied about uh, the property that you've owned, uh, you've lied about uh, your banking statements, like all of it. And they just, and this is honestly, when you look back on the evidence, that this is, these are cases from, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Michael Cohen from like years ago, he's still in jail right now. But these are like from when they were testifying with him because he's he was uh, Trump's advisor at the time. And he produ he produced proof of all of these like inflation of, of uh, properties and uh, money movement. So the, the reason for the inflation uh, is you get more a you get more of a, a tax credit. So he would. He basically wasn't paying taxes because he was saying the stuff was a lot bigger than what it really was. So, where where are we with uh, Miralago? Oh, I'm listening. Miralago was in this. This mm. was in this as well. Mm. Because he 
they were talking. He was like, they he inflated Mar-a-Lago by four hundred percent on all his documents. Wow, it was insane. What I don't understand is if if a respectable New York judge stated that this was true, you're guilty of this. Why is it only confined to New York? Why would this not be something that's like, okay, I right, New York, send this shit out to the to the country. Let's send it to DC. This nigga cannot work. He is uh, not Yeah. How is he still running? This man doesn't do legal business. Right. He's shady. He's not credible. He lies on his taxes. He's he's been accused of fraud. How is he running for president? Well, so like this case was not done on a on a federal scale. So hence why it's only it's it's only New York. And he all of his all of his main businesses are are ran are ran out of New York. But that's my thing with that type of judgment. It should be alerted to the federal government. Hey, we just found him guilty of this, this, and I have all of them. It's a a courtroom. I got all the documents. I could show you what we just found him guilty of here in New York about his taxes, about, and this is how many millions of dollars he owes. I can show you. Why is that not something that the federal government would say, well, hmm, do we want that to be the president of the United States? Meanwhile, Fanny's just minding her business, getting it in, and they trying mm. to take her out. Mm. Yeah. Do you, Fanny? Do you? <laughs> Get that dick, girl. <laughs> hey, yeah. She probably off him now, too. It, it's probably old news. It's probably old news. Um, I bet you his, I bet you his ex-wife though was sitting there laughing. You know she's sipping that pop that tea and popping that popcorn like mm-hmm. stinking ass bitch. Well, you know this is already being uh, this is gonna get appealed. Uh, so we're we're gonna see how far this actually goes. So that's that's more than a billion dollars or. Close to a billion dollars he now owes to like both private and public sectors. But because like, he still, because he still got to pay. Um, what's my girl's name? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he owes her a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah. Uh, the defamation case. Um, Jane Carroll. Jane. Jane. Jane Carroll. I wish we could show like a whiteboard and just keep adding up the cases about how much mm-hmm. money he owes. For real. But he ain't gonna have to pay none of it. But the thing is, like, I, it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because all of this is just boosting his funds in his campaign election. Like, uh, his campaign election is what's paying for all his legal stuff. Mm. Is it- how is that legal? I mean... There's loopholes to everything. Trump know all the loopholes. Okay. You know what I'm saying? For me to campaign, I gotta go to these these uh court hearings. So I need to pay for Oh, I see. You can do it as a write-off. Like I had to keep things consistent. So oh boy. Okay. 
All right. Well, um, we're going to keep it moving with the tomfoolery. Um, <laughs> comedian David Lucas uh, was doing a show uh, where he decided to make some distasteful jokes, um, including George Floyd at his show in Kansas City, Missouri at the Funny Bone Comedy Club in January. And it's, it's since made its way around social media. Um, I think we have a clip. Oh, man, all these fucking good-ass white people at my show. <laughs> and you wanted to show them the reason George Floyd got his neck nailed on. <laughs> Don't ooh at that joke. It's just a joke, man. I would have never kneeled on George Floyd's neck. I would have shot that nigga. That was <laughs> making us look... It's called comedy, nigga. How many more black fans I gotta hit that might leave? Oh, good shit, man. I got, I got. Cause, nigga, I was just warming up with that George Floyd shit. You ready to go? All right, baby. Okay. All right, you offended too, baby, with the braids? You offended too? God damn, man. Stop. Y'all good? Or y'all about to. Oh, I'm... I like Kyle Rittenhouse too. I like Kyle Rittenhouse too. You too, bro? So, yeah, that was part of his comedy set um, when he was talking to a heckler. Um, I can't find any angle where that was supposed to be funny. I've I've seen some of it on YouTube. It was a mixed crowd. There were a lot of white faces and they're laughing. And I'm glad that there were some some black people that stood up and said, we're not doing this and walked out um, because I, I, that interruption needed to be made. Um, but after it went viral and everybody ate him up. He posted a video to say that he had addressed his comments with the family and that he had apologized. Um, but then he later ended the video and ended his comments with saying that he apologized. Basically, he was not apologizing for the joke. He was just apologizing to the family, kind of saying, like, I'm a dad. I get it. You know, um, that some things can be hurtful but he describes himself as an edgy comedian and pretty much said that what he was doing was comedy and everybody's being too sensitive what are your thoughts remember back in the day when white people used to put on blackface to make fun of black people mm -hmm. and then it, it became so popular that then black people would actually put on blackface Mm-hmm. To do TV and he reminds me of that. I think that's a really good example of you acting like a caricature of yourself. And to and entertain they, the whites. Yes. And they were eating that yeah. shit up. They love I need David to understand that they loved watching those black people get out. They loved how it was making them feel. They loved the anger and the fact that you were still, were still standing in that hateful shit that you were saying. 
how could it be funny to say that you like Kyle Rittenhouse as a black man? Yeah, it wasn't just distasteful. It was pretty disgusting. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of tomfoolery going on, and it's just like okay, like it, it, like the guy says, like at what how how low do you got to stoop? You know what I'm saying for to make a joke like like and this this is like this is the issue that we go through every day in life and like through generation through generation, we're not getting taken seriously for things like this. They'd be like, oh well. Uh, you guys make fun of George Floyd all the time, and they're gonna reference this, and this is like, uh, that's not the case. But it's like bullshit like this is going is always putting us two steps behind after like all the work to get one step forward. And even outside of being a black man that that made fun of a a plague on our community, um the situation ended up with somebody dying and it was tried in court that it was illegal. What's funny about that? And then compound it with the fact that this started a movement um, for people that look like him to say that we deserve our rights. And he's up there making, making jokes about it. He made a couple of jokes. Like he kept going. There's 20 minutes of videos of him doubling down on being wrong. Yes. And white people laughing at it. And I am i shouldn't have been surprised to see so many white people laughing. But I was surprised to see that many people laughing. And shout out to the black people who were trying. They were trying to tell you, brother, this is not it. It's you going too far. You, you, you should pull back. All right, gotta go. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, you're just not yeah. getting it. I can't sit here and listen to the rest of your set. Like, mm -mm. and you know, it's so okay. This brings the question: um, Is when it comes to comedy, because it's all we're always being told uh, when you look at uh, comedians, there's some controversial comedians out there. Um, one of David's favorite, um, Dave Chappelle, uh, very controversial. He talks about trans people. He talks about people who are disabled, right? And uh, you have uh, other comedians who do, do do similar things, just like David Lucas, right? And people always say, "Well, okay, well, it's comedy. You know, there is no no nothing is too far in comedy. You know, this is it's a it's a doggy dog world." They say the same thing about music. It's actually being brought up in music because Nicki Minaj and Meg The Stallion. You know, Nicki Minaj brought up Meg's mom. Well, it's music, you know, it's artistic expression, right? It brings up the question, is there a moment, and what does that threshold look like? When do we go to the part, where where do we say, okay, this has gone too far? We know that David Lucas went too far. I feel like David was way past the threshold, though. Maybe he wasn't. Maybe that's where it starts. You guys tell me, what do you guys think? Like, is there a threshold where it's like, no, you know, Moms are off limits. Dads are off limits. You know, dead people off limits. What is the threshold? I would say that when you are making fun of someone else's pain that cannot defend themselves. Like to me, when the when the 
when the power dynamic gets to the point where you're making fun of uh, a misfortune or um, an underrepresented targeted group that that is not in a place to speak back or defend itself it's going it's going too far I understand comedy and it was a joke and all of that but um, I think to make fun of somebody's murder um, unjust murder of of someone who didn't really what did he have it he had they said he had a fake twenty dollar bill like i don't i don't find anything funny about that no so that that for me it's like or making fun of a group of people that can't snap back at you that's not funny to me yeah get better jokes like you got you gotta you gotta do i say just do better honestly it's like well unless that's your thing i guess but that i don't, I don't is that his uh there's no way that's his thing he also just like wasn't funny. He he genuinely wasn't funny. But I think it goes back to that like that power dynamic where it's like your your jokes that are actually doing damage to someone. It's not like a playful banter back and forth. It's not funny. Yeah. And talk about someone who can't read the room. I mean, because I feel like okay, if you, I, I mean, if you if you if you've done something where it's it literally splits the crowd, you got like white people laughing at you, but black people not laughing at you. Change your fucking jokes up, yeah. or maybe maybe that's just not for you. Like you, maybe that's just not the crowd for you. And a lot of comedians talk about stumbling through finding that balance. Like some people think it's funny. Like, did I go that's too true. far? But the, the the fact that he went online and did his fake apology and then said, but I'm not apologizing for the joke, let me know. He didn't learn his lesson. Yeah, absolutely. The apology was bullshit. It was just to try to make sure that he actually had a career, like, left. Just the inkling of a career left. I, yeah. I pretty much think he canceled himself. He Especially did. by going on and doing, the, like you said, doing the apology, but then recanting it at the end of it. It's like, all right, so you pretty much canceled yourself. Yeah. I hope you canceled yourself because you're not funny. You're not attractive. You know, <laughs> you 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 got a lot to work on. And you should call Cat Williams because he actually talks about how he balanced the white and the black audience. You should call him. I agree. Guru's up next with more tomfoolery. <laughs> Facts. So I don't know if y'all seen the new video. Uh this is, but see, this is part of the reason why we we push for body cams just so we can see the nonsense. But even though we're seeing it, still the same bullshit is going on. It ain't nothing happening. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, recently, a Florida sheriff deputy uh was seen on video opening fire on a black man who was searched, handcuffed placed in a patrol vehicle after the deputy mistook the sounds of a falling acorn. I'm going to repeat this. After the deputy mistook the sound of a falling acorn for a gunshot. Okay. You got this scared nigga as a cop with a gun? (laughs) Crazy. So the body cam video released on Monday uh, by the sheriff's office shows a Deputy 
uh, Jesse Hernandez yelling shots fired multiple times as he falls to the ground and repeatedly fires into the patrol vehicle. Uh, Marquise Jackson was suspected of stealing his girlfriend's car earlier that morning and was restrained in the back seat. He was luckily unharmed by the gunshot, but he said the incident left him traumatized. Let me get uh, this straight. Let me get this straight. Because you, you, you got you got it straight. You just so yeah, something. get it straight though. <laughs> you just said something. You said the cop fell to the ground and said, shots fired, shots fired. And then he started shooting at the car, his car, his own car. That he had put the person in restrained. Yep. In, in his back seat, in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. his partner came out in response and started shooting at the vehicle too. Yeah. Oh, okay. She well, so she she so she pulled up. You know what I'm saying? As anybody would, she said, "Oh, is shots going on?" So no, it's she, not her fault. It's, I don't yeah, blame yeah. that on her. She responded to her partner, but he, this man was handcuffed in the back seat, getting shots shot at him from both sides with nowhere to go, could not protect himself, and just stuck there like a sitting duck. And could have mm-hmm. been potentially murdered because of that. Yeah. Or seriously, While restrained. at minimum. Can we play the video? Um, David, I'm going back. No, um, I don't think I, y'all can see this. I got to stop this so that y'all can see this video with me. Um, Morgan, have you seen this video? I saw a a clip of it. This has got to be a joke. Uh-uh. He said, "I've seen what I did see was that acorn." Oh, y'all, this shit. I saw a close up of the acorn following and it just made me mad. <laughs> he hit the roll. This nigga rolled three times. It made, Wait a minute. You know, it's Hold almost on. like comical. No. Because where is like, the acorn? He... Where is the fucking acorn? You gotta, turn, you gotta turn the volume up. You can hear the acorn. No way. Okay, listen to his gun versus yeah. what the acorn sounded like. <laughs> Now, mind you, this is a fucking cop. So he shot a gun before because he had to in basic oh, training. Oh my god! So you gotta know what a gun sounds like. Hell, it's you loud. gotta put you gotta put on uh, earmuffs in order to even shoot it. Sometimes, right? There's not many things that sound like guns other than firecrackers. Yeah. Oh no, David! Distressed, distressed. He's Don't tell hit. me he He's said hit. he was hit. He said he was in. Oh my god! He fell to the ground. He fell to the ground after three rolls. He flipped. He he probably stuck himself with a twig. (laughs) He said, "I'm hit." 
<laughs> Wait, I didn't hear him say on it. He did. Oh, did. oh no. This nigga emptied his clip. He did. Look, now he, he now he's reloading. He's oh, he's crawling. Because he got hit. He can't walk. Do you know your tag number off the top of your head? Okay, it's okay. What? What? Oh. Wait, right there? He said, what? What? In the fucking car, you Yo, dumb that's bitch. Him, that's him dragging himself across the street. That's him for all oh that my god. Hold on, let's look at that again. She said, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh, oh my <laughs> god. Shots fired, shots fired. I got a deputy down. I'm okay. Yeah, you okay, no! motherfucker? Get back! Yo. She's thinking he just got shot. Okay, okay, okay. No! Get back! Get back! I'm not gonna tell you go! Get back! Get back! Get her! Get her and get her back now! No! This is why black people don't call the cops. But I'm saying though, she gonna call the cops on him for stealing the car. Now, now, now he's potentially dead. Because... You saw, you, did y'all see how she was signing that ticket? Yes, she, I did. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Cause yes, he gonna get it now. And, <laughs> and like this, this is like an episode of Reno 911. Like this really could be the script to a comedy. I can't believe this. This, this is crazy. You see anything on my vest? They had already searched him, mind you, before they put him in the back of the car. I mean, you had to have done this. I mean, if you didn't, you should be written up for that alone. But, like, I'm trying to figure out what he thought. Where he thought the shots could have come from if this man was handcuffed in the back of the car with the doors closed. He was just all kind of jacked up. No, that, that dude was traumatized. The acorn, I'm down. Come from. Go this way. Can you move? Yeah. This is embarrassed. I am secondhand embarrassed. Guru, I can't even believe you. You showed us that. I I did not realize he said I'm hit and dragged himself across the street. I I just love the partner. What? 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 Chancey, you okay? I, I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm hit. I'm hit. Oh, <laughs> I'm hit. Uh, I'm gonna get myself no, nigga, out you of not that. hit. You scraped your arm when you was oh rolling three times on the ground. That's <laughs> like what happened. And the fire out. Like... The triple roll was crazy. Yo. Did you see him fall to the side, yeah. though? Like... <laughs> yes. And Wait, he crawled. Shoot. It was the crawl for me. It was the crawl. It was the, it was the stop, drop, and roll. Well, I thank God that this man did us a service and resigned while he was under investigation. So Right. So, yes, Hernandez, who has resigned from the sheriff's office, has not been charged. Well, he should Does that Acorn gave him reasonable 
concerned that his life was in danger. Oh my gosh. I can, I just I really can't. I really I'm 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 gonna, I'm gonna send you guys the close up of the acorn because that's the real villain in this story. Yeah, you you gotta show me that. Yeah, because that acorns it it, it starting mess. He was starting mess. It damaged him for like he'll never be able to look at an acorn again. He can't even look at oak trees anymore. And you know what? I would give him a whole box for his uh, Christmas and his birthday. Oh my god! Thank him, bitch. All right. <laughs> Now, as you guys know, Monique was the next big powerhouse to do the Club Shay Shay interview recently, and she caused quite the controversy. She went over many things that we already know, like Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey are liars, cheaters, sneaks, you know, everything we know about them in the industry. DL was a sore comedian. Uh, Kevin Hart uh, caving into the industry. Tiffany Haddish opening her mouth about topics that she shouldn't have. And so much more. She also spoke about her family and her estranged relationship with them, including the oldest kids apart from her daddy. Now, after the interview, her oldest son, Shalon, made a video giving his side of the story, pretty much stating that he was not interested in being, well, that she was not interested in being a mother, that she lied when um, stating that she was there for her kids when they were ready. Um, he stated that she was self-centered to think that, you know, she would say, you have to come to me when you're ready. He also advised that he loves his mother very much. He stated that he does not want to give off the impression that he is a victim. He laughed it off. But I do want to kind of get into this this situation because y'all know I love me some Monique. I'm, I'm, I've been standing 10 toes down with my girl Monique for the last at least 10 years or well, however long it's been going, she's told us, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for y'all to stand with me. I was like, okay, well, why are we standing? You know, because I, I was ready to do it. But I need to understand what's going on here. Now, I want to start with Shalon, right? I feel like it's something to him actually taking the time to write. Like, he, he told us he wrote out his statements each of them was at least five to six minutes long, right? Um, that sounds like hurt to me, right? It sounds like he's trying to express something. Mm-hmm. To me, he stated one thing, but he did express another thing, right? Now, his, his in his first one, you know, I just told you what he said about the, the first, uh, his first response to his mother. What did you guys think about that? And then we can go on to, to their response. I think he said something to the effect of people may be asking why I'm responding now. And he said something like, call it part of my healing process or something like that. Um, I definitely think he's still hurt. I think he's, I I think we're kind of watching like the way, like his, his coping mechanism and defense mechanism is working, Mm -hmm. but he definitely felt like he had to get something off his chest. And I guess his, his point was, his point with all of this was to prove that she's not making an effort to 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 mend things um, and to get his side of the story. You know, I I I'm honestly I'm kind of tired of seeing people's personal lives like unfold on tele like on the internet. But he definitely seems hurt and he definitely seems to feel some type of way about her husband, a.k.a. daddy. Um, and I, I I feel for him because it seems like he fell victim to 
being second priority to Monique's career. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like he's very hurt. I feel like he's crying out. Um, I, I think that I feel like I, you have to I think we have to give credit to the fact that Monique has stated in many interviews recent that she was a very young minded individual when she started making money. She had, had yeah, and she had kids, right? She had husbands, but she even said it when she was. I mean, listen, she said it back in two thousand. What was that? Two thousand and two, when the Queens of Comedy came out, and she said it back then, or two thousand and three, one of those. She said back then, she said, "Listen, I'm the king of my household. I have a husband, but he knows what I say goes because I make the money." Yeah. So all the way back then, she showed us the type of young mentality she had. And now she told us, even sitting down with Shannon Sharp, hey, listen, I really had some growing up to do. She gives the credit to her daddy, but she's saying she had some growing up to do. And she was not the best person. So I think we should be giving credit, including Shalon, to that, to that point, right? Um, But what my problem with Shalon is why did you go to Instagram? Why did you go to the public? She's Monique. She's a famous star. She presented the situation. She presented her uh, understanding of y'all relationship. When I say y'all, I mean her family as it is what it is. She has a family that she takes care of. Uh, people want to be in her life. They want to be in her life. They don't. They don't. You know, I, I don't necessarily know all the ins and outs. I mean, I only know what you guys are telling us in those few clips. But if somebody is showing you that they're comfortable and they're they're content, why are you waiting for them to come to you? If you're the one who is struggling, if you're the one who has issues, why not bring that to their attention? Like, I, I would never understand that. You guys understand what I'm saying? So it seemed like what triggered him is that I will say that I think one of the one of the more uh, she this was the most sensitive I saw her address an issue in that interview was when he asked about Monique's relationship with her oldest son, mm-hmm. and she and she you know pretty much said we're 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 separated, mm-hmm. we don't talk all the time, but when when he's ready I'm here. And like, I'm open to it and I kind of said, like, I look forward to it and kind of left it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know about all this stuff that had happened with her oldest son. And he really seemed triggered by that and felt the need to go out there and say, like, she's not open to it. Uh, and and he did his best to paint a view of she's almost like apathetic to me. And it's like, I don't really matter. But then I think what bothered me more, because I'm like, okay, here we go. We got to, we're airing our business on the internet. Excuse me. But then she posted the screenshots of her conversations with him and they were like two, three years ago. Yes. 2020 and 2021. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you posting screenshots of you and your son's conversations? That's for you. That should be sacred. That should be private. Absolutely. Now both of y'all are being petty. Um, it's not our business. That part really is not our business. And and for I, I think the the mother child relationship, whatever y'all are going through, 
the people don't need to be the third party putting their opinions in it. Absolutely. And then and 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 you know what? What you just said there, Morgan, I'm gonna get to that because you said third party putting their opinion in it. Um Monique and her husband did respond to him. Notice I said Monique and her yes. husband. Yes. Because he did it. Shalon addressed daddy a couple of times okay. in his video. Okay. He did. He, but, but, but did I he mean, address as, daddy? Or did I don't he, know. Did he, he address brought up daddy? daddy rather. Ah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't say anything to daddy. Yes. He just brought up the, her daddy's influence yes. on yes. his mother. Yes. Right? So they said that when, when they got on and spoke, daddy was the one who start, talked about her son's mental illness or fighting mental issues or talking about her son's relationship with his own father and what might be going on or how he views his mother and things like that. And um, I just, I just, I'm, I'm starting to understand where daddy is the problem. Cause I agree with Shalon in that he made a video talking to and responding to his mother but he was met with a response from, you know, mainly when you look at the video response, daddy. Quite frankly, I'm not sure why he's speaking at all. This is not your child, married or not. He was not harming your wife or disrespecting her. So you should have never joined the conversation. And I'm starting to think that that's where Monique's issues might lie with mm -hmm. the industry. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that the industry had a right to do you the way they did you. I'm just saying you may want to step a little bit more back into that independence that you had back in 2003. Because she did a 180. She yes. went from being I'm alpha, I'm in front, I'm control, I'm in control to like number one calling this man daddy in public, which is a a major submission move. And like anytime anybody needs to address an issue, she's like, me and my husband will be there. Why does your husband, who's not your child's father, need to be there to address your son? Yeah. That and I, I agree with you. I think a lot of things started with a lot of the issues she has is when the two of them come and they're looking to speak to Monique. It's a little bit different when someone shows up as your manager versus someone shows up as your manager and husband. Yes. Um, or and I, if, 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 it's just the attitude. I think he has the wrong attitude. His approach, mm -hmm. his approach is very much when you really look at it. Because I started to look back at his videos and his interviews with her and stuff. His approach is very much, "I'm better than you." Yeah. Let me teach you something. Yeah. Look at what I taught her. Which she seems to very much appreciate. Yeah. But you know. They sleeping together, so <laughs> that's that's different. Everybody else doesn't want daddy's advice. Like... Right, right. But then you and I knew I knew Shalon was emotionally invested when his second video came out. Did you see how snippy, how curt, how angry that response was? No, I didn't see the second video. Oh, so I, I wanted to I wanted to bring that up because it's like if you see well one. I want double down on y'all shouldn't be dropping text messages, right? You could tell, you could tell your family because y'all both petty as fuck. But it's like, <laughs> it's like what he said. Like I feel like, in once again, I'm 
this is my opinion. I'm obviously looking from the outside and I feel like they should revisit therapy, right? Because uh, when he talked about it the first time that they went, obviously they both were still not at the right mindset to have therapy. I think at this point, they're both at a good place to truly open up in there to actually have the opportunity i guess to really open up in therapy to really get down to the root cause of it because i can tell like the son is hurt like you like and what corn was saying like you can see it like and like if you weren't like if if it wasn't that serious to you it would he would the responses wouldn't be so quick you know what i'm saying the, this it wouldn't even be like going on back yeah he's definitely bothered it's like and obviously Monique wants the wants the relationship fixed as well, but but she like she said on Club Shay Shay, she's like just letting letting time takes course. But it's like I don't know if she does. We, we just talked about a a case uh a few episodes ago about the lady who had an argument about her son and he never came back. You know what I'm saying? And that was the last time they talked was over some bullshit. Like you gonna regret that shit. Like fix this shit. Yeah, and I agree with that, Guru. I just don't know if she's there yet. I really think Daddy has more of a hold than, than even I was willing to admit. I'm thinking, no, just yeah, girl, she shit, yeah, mm -mm. fuck these niggas, yeah. But yeah, I'm not paying attention to. Well, wait a minute, hold on, where are you? Because. This is it's giving child. a little bit of Stockholm syndrome, honestly. Right, right. I honestly I'm... think she went from one spectrum of her mental health to another spectrum of her mental health. He has her. Um, he wants her. I actually went to a Monique show for Mother's Day. Uh, at this point, it was probably it was probably like somewhere between five to ten years ago. She was at the Apollo, and um, she, I love Monique. I love her comedy. She took time midway through the show to start talking about her personal life and she started talking about daddy and she was talking about how he healed her and what she learned about marriage and relationships and matured and then started talking about having an open marriage and listen if that's your thing that's your thing but it was starting to get weird for the for the audience because we're like we came to watch her make jokes why <laughs> and she's sitting there like you need to let your man sleep with other women like that's 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 what they do and it's your job to just let your man be a man and just let him do him and then when he comes back you know he's yours and it's like okay that's what works for you guys but why is she like mom and I were looking at each other like why are we doing this in the middle of the comedy show that she feels the need to talk about this to the point where like the audience wasn't laughing anymore we weren't clapping we were all just kind of staring at her like can you get back to the jokes because what's going on and it, we all watched Monique get physically healthy she seemed to be more centered but like you said when you really zoom in on that relationship like it's weird yeah yeah and it wasn't until I saw the relationship with the son and it wasn't even the fact that the son spoke out because I had already thought I mean listen, I got a cousin I got a cousin who does that they go to social media and they say crazy things or they they bring up the history. They say the things that they know will get a DM. Mm. They know will get a response. They know somebody will call. And then it's like, all right, boom. I got the attention I want. Let me see how I'm going to use it. 
I have people who I know who do that. So when he first put out his video, I was like, okay, well, all right, you sound like you hurt. You need to call your mother. Why the fuck you ain't call your mother? <laughs> then when Why I are saw, you talking to us? <laughs> <laughs> when I saw the mother's response, I agree with him. She was apathetic. It was just like, all right, you know, you said what you said, but don't act like you don't know him. It's Uncle Sid and... Don't act like that. Come on. It was very much like, do you hear me, though? And so I do feel a little bit for Shalom. Yeah. He he seems like he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. And it also seems to bother him that now he has his children and they also don't have a relationship with their mother. And he definitely seemed a little envious of the the way that uh, Sid's kids are growing up with Monique as a mom. And, you know, trying to reconcile the relationship with, like, you know, I don't have any beef with them, but they just get a different version of her. Right. So, I know we all watch the Super Bowl. Um, so Every time there's a Super Bowl, Super Bowl team goes to Disneyland. They also have a parade in their city. Uh, but recently, uh, at the Kansas City Super Bowl parade, two juveniles... Uh, have been charged in connection with the shooting at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl that left one person dead and 22 others injured. Uh, the juveniles who were taken into custody after the parade were charged Thursday and are being held at a juvenile detention center on gun-related and resisting arrest charges. The Jackson County Family Court Division of 16th Judicial Court uh, said in a statement in Missouri, uh, additional charges are expected as the police investigation continue. Uh, the shooting happened Wednesday afternoon in downtown Kansas City next to Union Station, where the parade had ended and the rally was held. Authorities said they believe a dispute among several people ended in gunfire and said there was no evidence of violent extreme extremism or terrorism. Uh the one person that did die, uh, she was actually a popular radio DJ, uh, Lisa Lopez Galvin. She was killed uh, in this, uh, this shootout, basically. Uh, her family said her death was a big loss in a, a recent statement. Uh, three people were initially taken into custody after the shooting. Police said Thursday that one of them was released after it was determined they had no, they were not involved. Several firearms have been recovered. Uh, many witnesses describe the scene as chaotic as people fled in different directions. Uh, so basically, a lot of people initially thought it was like fireworks, and then obviously the mass, the mass hysteria once you once you start seeing people running away. So everybody gets hurt. There were children that were, uh, that were hurt as well. Uh, a few people that actually have fragments still in their body from it. Ooh. So. My heart goes out to um, the people who were injured and to Ms. Gallus' family uh, for the loss of their loved one. This is why I do not attend large events like this Um you know, for fun and stuff. I don't. I don't know. I'm just too scared of things like that happening. It's usually like the right combination of a really 
large group of people that are rowdy because sports f- fans are rowdy and then there's alcohol involved. Mm-hmm. And that's sad because it should all be good family fun. And well, worst part about it is these these damn kids. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, I'd be hesitant to take my these, kids there. Is these damn guns? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> nah, nah, that part. That's the worst part. It's, it's, you know, it's the parents blaming parents. Oh, now you want to blame parents? <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna blame parents. We gotta teach these kids, yeah, because there's something wrong with them. These it could also be that eating, these are the same kids as eating Tide Pods when they was little. Damn. Well, it could also be that the acorn was there, so ah, too yeah. soon. Too mm. soon. Okay. <laughs> Damn acorns, boy, I tell you. So uh we have um some controversy uh because as I, I think we talked about this in the last episode. Uh, Beyonce has dropped two new country singles, 16 Carriages and Texas Hold'em. Um, and the Beehive is excited and has been going to country stations to request that they play them. Uh, but a country station in Oklahoma, uh, KYKCFM, refused to play Beyonce's song, saying that they play country music and Beyonce is not a country artist. Um, and after several uh critiques and they got a lot of backlash and they went viral because the beehive put them on the internet um they made a comment to basically say we do not play beyonce on kykc because we are a country music station uh they later then had to retract their statement to say that that wasn't specific enough um they just really do play top 40 um country station songs and she was not in the top 40 they were happy to see that she was moving herself into the genre uh, and would be looking out for her to see if she met the criteria to play the song. But they recently had to just take all of that back because uh, they were still getting heat. Um, so it's generated an outcry and accusations of racism. Um, after calls, emails, more requests flooded the stations about the song. They made an effort to track it down, listen to it, and agreed that it sounded, quote, country. Um, and wrote a post about it on social media. We have nothing against Beyonce and we wish her the best in her foray into country music, uh, adding that she's an icon. We actually wish artists wouldn't get boxed into certain genres or formats. If it's good music, it's good music. Um, And they also uh, had echoed a similar sentiment when Lil Nas X released Old Town Road. They removed him from the Billboard Hot Country chart in 2019 until he added Billy Ray Cyrus to the remix and then put him back on on the list. Uh, So what are are our thoughts on them trying to gatekeep Beyonce out of the country music? White people full of shit and white people can't gatekeep anything because we own country too. That part. They just started letting people, black people, into uh, the country hall of fame. Was like, which is crazy because we made country music. We made it, baby. There's nothing you have that you didn't get from us. There's no part of music that didn't come from black folks. The banjo was played by black folks. It came from from the black community. An instrument that we used in Africa. Absolutely. And, the, and the version we made of it in America was a banjo. Uh, do we know what uh, 
or can we look up really quick what the criteria is for for uh It's an excellent question. To be like to be considered country music? Right. No, for Ooh, top I just 40. Like what is the criteria to be considered top 40 country music? Cause it's like this. Honestly, this is giving it's giving real uh, old school MTV vibes. Like you know what I'm saying. Like mm -hmm. how they used to play any type of black music, mm -hmm. even though they were like the most played music. That's that was going around. Oh, this okay. is simple. The top forty list is a list of the forty most popular songs in a given genre. The list is based on radio station playlist and retail sales. So you literally play a part in making the song a top 40. It can't hit that list if radio stations don't play their part in playing it. Retail sales, we're already going to do the numbers because, again, we are the top retail buyers in the world. Mm -hmm. And they're streaming the hell out of this song. We're going to make that. So you're full of shit to say that you don't play a part in it. Uh, a song must sell over 2,500 copies to be considered in the top 40. A number one record has sold around 30,000 copies per week, while 13,000 copies is enough to reach the top 10. Songs that are below number 15 on the chart and have spent more than 20 weeks on the chart are removed and placed on a recurrent chart. In the United States and the United Kingdom, uh, in, in, I'm sorry, in the United States and the United Kingdom, a single is usually considered a hit when it reaches the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100s. I want to just take a look at the Billboard Hot 100s real quick. And mind you, it's a week as of today. That she dropped the song? Mm hmm Because she is the first Black woman to occupy all five slots of the top stream song on iTunes. Currently, with 16 carriages and the four different versions of Texas Hold'em she has going. Acapella, instrumental... There's some kind of other mix in the original. And iTunes, when they dropped it, put her down as pop and two hours later had to correct themselves that she was country. I have to say, I don't see 16 Carriages or Texas Hold'em on the Hot 100 yet. Well, I mean, that's not a surprise if you need to play it on the radio to, to get there and the radio won't play her. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you know, like I, I I like what Morgan called it. It's just gatekeeping, trying to gatekeep it. You're you're racist. You you don't want to say you're racist. You like I think it was perfect. You know what Guru said. Like uh, I think it was Guru who said that. You know you took you took Lil Nas X off, and then you put him back only when you saw that. You know, hey, there's Billy Ray Cyrus. All right. He did the right thing. Let's put him back on the list, right? You only put him back on when there was a white guy in it. Yep, so. and he was smart to add Billy Ray Cyrus to get validity. But Which is it's sad that he had to. Yeah. It is sad that he had to. And I remember the Billy Ray Cyrus version being played more than his original, which is, just, you know, fine. It was the remix. But do you remember when Beyonce performed Daddy's Lessons at the, at the Country Music Awards? I do. How mad half that audience looked that she was up there performing with the Dixie Chicks. I do. So y'all can stay mad. She coming with the rest of the album.
It's the audacity for me to try to take a genre. A genre? And she's from Texas. Like, a genre that our people started, you rewrote history like you do all the time, kicked us out of the, out of the media and the image of it, and then the nerve of country music uh, controllers to then try and keep us out of it when we decide we want to get back in. I think to qualify as a country song, there's supposed to be like a stringed music, um, heavy tone in the background. It's supposed to be storytelling. They're absolutely country songs. Oh, they're very country. This album is about to take country, the country music world by storm. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be so angry at just how well it does that they're not going to have a choice but to show it or but to show just how racist they are. Yes, exactly. They're either going to expose themselves or have yep. to participate. Yep. So I'm excited. Act 2, March 29th. <laughs> Beyonce to the CMAs. They she's, better invite her. And she's been quiet. She's been quiet about it. Nikki, you hear that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that we had a really great episode. Um, and I it's it's time for us to get to our black history facts. I love that we have been wrapping up every uh week this month in black history facts because I think we should know the good, uh, the bad, uh, everything that they don't want us to know. Um, I think we should know it, right? And I think we should know it because the more you know about yourself, uh, the more you'll, the more you know about your past, I should say, the better you'll be able to shape your future. And um, knowledge is power. So, and we can't stress that enough because the ignorance within the world and the community is bleak. Um, oh, it first, is. <laughs> yes. insert the hand claps for that. <laughs> so, did you guys know that before Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, and I really just want to say, I really do love that that is the way that they were compared. But did you know that there was a Martin Luther King and a Rosa Parks of the 1860s? I did not, and I'm intrigued because 1860s was a pretty pivotal time for us with uh, the abolition of slavery and starting a reconstruction and all of that. Absolutely, absolutely. So you guys know I get a lot of my Black History from the Black History Club. Y'all should really uh, follow the Black History Club on Instagram. It is uh, run by Mr. Ernest Krim III. He is a former Chicago area history teacher, and he now teaches Black History worldwide. Um, CNN, CB, NBC, CBS, ABC, Washington Post. He has over 390,000 followers on TikTok, 213,000 followers on Instagram. And the type of things you learn, the history you learn is absolutely amazing. And he is who brought me uh, or made me aware of these wonderful beings. So let's give it a look or a listen. It's a story of love, activism, and a civil rights protest in the same vein as Rosa Parks, except it didn't happen in the 1950s or the 1960s. 
It happened in the 1860s. Yeah, y'all, I'm talking about Caroline LeCount and Octavius Cotto. Caroline and Octavius met at the Institute for Colored Youth in Philadelphia in the mid-1800s and were immediately drawn to each other because of their love and passion for education and service. Caroline had always been one to engage in civil disobedience to challenge unjust laws, whereas Octavius was more so behind the scenes and challenging those laws on a legislative level. In the 1860s, for example, during the onset of the Civil War, Caroline made it a goal of hers to challenge the unjust segregated streetcar laws that existed in Philadelphia. Several times in the 1860s, starting in 1862, Caroline had been objected for refusing to remove herself from a streetcar that was only for white folks. Concurrently, Octavius, her fiance, committed to challenging the state legislator to change those laws. By 1867, Octavius's pursuit was successful and it became illegal to have segregated streetcars throughout the state. Determined to see if this was actually the case, Caroline, who was also a school principal at only 21 years old, decided to test it. In March of 1867, Caroline would do just that when she attempted to wave down a streetcar to so there you got, have it, folks. Caroline and Octavius are two powerhouses who uh, were basically two of the first to do it, two of the first to really start what we know as the civil rights movement of the 1900s. Well, they had it, they had it going on in the 1800s and the 1860s to be specific, and were some of the first to do brown uh, groundbreaking. Uh, segregation law changes. So I do think that it's important that we shed light on them and salute them. And I do thank Mr. Ernest Krim for, for doing so as well. Yes, definitely. That is that is amazing. But it's good to just see people just standing up. Doing was right. So yes. early on, too, where there was so much at stake. Yes. Also being a, a principal at, at such a young age, Jesus. Mm-hmm. They actually sound pretty brilliant. So I have another uh, name that we should know about. Miss Clarice, I'm sorry, Dr. Clarice Phelps uh, became the first Black woman to help discover a new periodic table element. She has discovered the element known as tennessine number 117, which is classified as a halogen. Um, she earned her bachelor's degree in chemistry from Tennessee State University in 2003. Um, she said that this was not an easy journey. For the first 18 years of her career, she was the only Black woman in her field. When she was in the Navy, she was the only Black girl in her division. Afterwards, in the lab, she was the only Black woman in the whole facility, and initially thought they initially thought she was the janitor when they would see her walk by. Um, and she said it was a very isolating experience and you feel like you have to represent your entire race and ascend the racial stereotypes, especially in nuclear and radiochemistry. Uh, so the periodic table was officially updated to include tennessine in 2016, but she was surprised to learn that she was the first black woman to discover an element in 2019 when she was recognized by the International Union of Pure and Applied Chemistry. Um, she said she had to Google it, she was in disbelief but she thought about herself as a little black girl desperately looking for someone like her in science who was an inspiration. And it changed her perspective because now she gets to be that person for other black girls looking to be in science. So she's currently working on her PhD in nuclear engineering. And she hopes that this discovery will posit positively impact her community. Um, so here we are with another brilliant black woman. 
That's awesome. Hand claps, hand claps. That's that's amazing. I can barely. I don't remember most of the periodic table. No, as it is. I don't either. And what those elements do, and you know, Mm-mm. so for you to be able to actually create one, you or discover one, it's like, oh well, wait a minute, I I see something here that we ain't never seen before. When you look no, at that, awesome. yes, it's like that is amazing. So shout out again, breaking breaking ground. Relatively Hopefully. young too. She graduated with a bachelor's in two thousand three. And we were with the class of 2012. Yeah. She's only about 10 years older than us. Yep. Good good for her. I got H2O down. That's right. <laughs> I know me. I, I got hydrogen, oxygen. There's carbon. I know what helium do. Hmm. <laughs> carbon, magnesium. Got magnesium. All the vitamins I have to take. Iron. Hmm. <laughs> I know I know something. I know something. Oh, shout out to her. Yes. Uh, so in other news, uh, recently, uh, an HBCU student recently made big moves in NASCAR. Uh, Roger Karouf, NASCAR's youngest black driver, signed with uh, Spire Motorsports last week to drive the number 71 Chevrolet this season. This deal comes after Karouf became a rookie, a uh, full-time racer in NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series last uh, last year. Uh, so this is this is huge. Um, this is this is breaking us into a sport that we're really not. Uh, I would say super supportive in or i'm not i don't know too many black nascar people yeah i never see them on tv yeah well i don't even know like how many nascar how many black nascar one how many nascar then two how many black nascar people do you know like oh well you know black people black people ain't really into that daring shit you know what i'm saying (laughs) and you know that's that's some serious shit right there you know you that car could blow up flip over you know do some damage now the rest of these sports, you can really get damage done too, but we ain't talking like okay, almost definite death-defying damage. Like no, like yeah, because surviving a car crash and surviving somebody hitting you in a football game is different. Yeah, yeah, we we not into stunts. We ain't into like you know, we we don't want to fly skydive every day. You know, we're not we're not deep sea diving. We don't even go camping. So I, I kind of understand why we're <laughs> first of all, I did all these kids, but anyway. We are very different people. Mm-hmm. Oh, You've been camping. Of course. Yeah. And diving, and I'm not skydiving though. I'm not skydiving. I actually backed out on that one. I'm so glad mm-hmm. I did. <laughs> yeah, that would be a no for me too. I will go glamping. You go what? Glamping. So well, that's you know, what you, I do. Yes, I do that all the time. You're in the wilderness, but you're in a building that With has air conditioner and plumbing. Right. Yeah, and it like is a very clear view of. That's not of camping. The, no, it's glamping. Well, it's glamping. It is. It is. We <laughs> yes. we do. I do that every summer, twice, almost twice a summer. Oh my god, um, it's really good. So it's a it's a gay glamp. So I love it. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! Uh, in other news, to also talk about uh, 
racing. Lewis Hamilton, uh, currently the highest paid uh, F1 driver, is actually changing uh, who he drives for. He's actually leaving Mercedes and moving to a Ferrari in a big move, um, which a lot of people are shocked by because uh, there's no bigger name in F1 than Lewis Hamilton. Uh <clears throat> There's a lot of rumors going around saying the reason was uh, basically Mercedes didn't want to have Lewis be the face of their franchise versus Ferrari is ready to give him the keys to everything. Like, go do, like, they're funding all his philanthropy endeavors. Uh, he gives a lot of money back. So he's also a big push in getting uh, black notoriety in uh, Formula One racing. So. Shout outs to Lewis Hamilton. Good for him for going for following the check and and the company that wanted to recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. I um I understand that. And just for those of you who don't know, F1 racing is, you know, not the same as NASCAR racing. You know, just smoke with it out there. <laughs> Correct. Because I'm well versed. <laughs> if you ever need a backup, I I I'm second in line. That's right. She, we know what we're talking about. So this is a great episode though. Tomorrow we're talking about um a really interesting topic. It's uh it's called fertility fraud. That is what we are uh naming the, the episode, and that is what we're gonna be discussing. Overuse of sperm donors, right? And how that can affect the community around it. And also we're gonna just hit on the decline in people having kids. So starting with ourselves as millennials. But uh what do you guys have planned for the rest of the week? Uh hopefully get my Taxes done. That's the plan. Uh, and then I don't know. I need a bag of money to fall from the sky. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> well, if you figure out where it's raining dollars, I will be down there on Spirit Airline tonight. Hello. So mm -hmm. tonight, like no, no rental. <laughs> <laughs> One suitcase to collect money. <laughs> That's it. Uh, no, I have a couple of days off uh, this week, so I'm I'm going to take care of that passport situation so I don't have any issues with my Jamaica trip and try and catch up on the things that I don't do during the weekend because I spend my weekends sleeping now. <laughs> and studying because we have to, you know, we're pretty much studying every week for, for you guys, castmates, um, in order to put this show together. True that. That's it for today, castmates. We'll see you guys tomorrow. See you. <laughs>